Okay, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Figure It Out podcast with me, Chandler Collins. NFL Week 15 preview, a really cool slate. The first edition of Saturday NFL football, three games on a Saturday. Johnny and Blaine join me as always. Johnny made a great point in the pre-pod chit-chat room we were having. He made a great point by saying that there's going to be four games complete by the time we even hit Sunday, which is interesting, and especially when we get down to some um, to some seeding here as we get down closer to the playoffs. It's going to be interesting to see how those four games turn out, beginning with Thursday Night Football. Kind of a snoozer, but kind of interesting because we hate both teams. We'll talk about it all, but let's hear from the boys first. Blaine, we'll start with you. Having a good time downtown Kansas City this evening, a work event, getting some drinks. Uh, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, good. Had a couple at my desk and then had one at uh, ITAP, if you're familiar with Kansas City Crossroads, and drove home and sat down on my desk. Got one more poured here next to me and ready to talk some football. So I, I'll, I'll say enough in my takeaway with with kind of how I see this these next few weeks playing out. But I mean, God, guys, it's wide open in the AFC. It's freaking awesome to, to see just everything so evenly played out. I know a lot of backups. We say that so often. I said it a lot last week, but playoff football coming around the corner and we got a lot of really meaningful games here late yeah you're right Blaine. awesome opening johnny what's up buddy yeah uh same stuff uh i've completely digested the chiefs bills game we're on to new england for the little bit longer i think for for that one for everybody but um we are now you know into the last four weeks of the nfl regular season gotta savor every week that we have left because uh here pretty soon is not gonna we're not gonna have football i mean college football is we're now waiting the bowl games i spent some time last night watching a division three semifinal at at the university of wartsburg (laughs) um unfortunately wartsburg fell in that game but uh it 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 was uh (laughs) It was fun to watch because I love football, but also if you were an outsider who judged me for watching that, I wouldn't really have any gripes with you uh, on that one. So uh, love football, but we are getting into uh, the last few uh, weeks of the season, and I'm going to cherish every moment. Well, let's talk about week 14 to cherish a little bit more football. Let's go back and make our week 14 statements. Boys, help me out here. Anybody got a a feel for what the order should be? I got to be honest with you. I don't remember what it was last week. So I guess we'll go. Let's go. Me, Johnny Blaine will be uh, batting third in the lineup this this evening. Uh, my week 14 takeaway statement is what in the hell, Indianapolis? You do this every single year, dude. Everybody starts buzzing about Indianapolis like around Thanksgiving and around Chris or around uh, the first of December because they they start winning weird football games in Lucas Oil and it seems like the schedule kind of always falls in their favor somehow. And then you go to Cincinnati against a backup quarterback with a week of film on the guy and you get beat by twenty. It's just like what the hell? This is just Gardner Minshew all over again, and it happens year in and year out. And especially with this franchise, I don't get it. Um, My week 14 takeaway is the Indianapolis Colts. I have no pulse on your team. You got a game against Pittsburgh this week on Saturday that I think you should win uh, because Pittsburgh is obviously dead. 
I don't think there's any argument that there that I can make any more after their week or after their Thursday night performance. So you got to take care of business, get back on track here, Indy, because you can make the playoffs, Indianapolis. I would say that's a huge win for your season, especially with your rookie quarterback uh, spending most of the time getting healthy and learning the system. You go to the playoffs this year, nice for Indy. Johnny. Yeah, that was a good one, Chandler. Indianapolis is such a – they're just like a case of whiplash. You just never know. Um, and I think a lot of that, uh, unfortunately for their fans, starts at the top with Jim Irsay. You know, one, one, one day he's doing stuff with charity. The next day he's uh, telling you that they're going to have the, the roof at Lucas Oil open. The next day he's trying to fly a whale across the country – and the ne- the day after that, he's adding a guitar to his his collection, and, and, you know, like. And then the next day, he's drunkenly tweeting, and then he's like trying to win football games. And so that I think that makes it difficult because it starts at the top. Uh, makes me thankful to have Clark Hunt in charge for the Chiefs. My takeaway builds off of what I said uh, la- last week in frustration, uh, and it hasn't changed. Um, I don't know the rules of football. Uh, and, and by saying that, uh, I don't think my interpretation of the rules of football are the same as anybody else's. They're not the same as Chandler's. They're not the same as Blaine's. There are some similarities, but there are things that we differ on. And there are things that we differ on from the officials, from how the players interpret it, the coaches. And I think my mind is leading me to think that it's it's becoming more of a problem because so much money rides with, 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 with gambling on the games, with how much the game is on TV, with how much the NFL is going global and how much of a huge brand it is. But at the same time, I truly don't believe anything really is going to change. I think we're at a place in the game where officiating uh, is very difficult. They've tried minor changes in the past, right, with uh, being able to challenge pass interference, you know, challenging judgment calls. Um, and I don't believe any big sweeping changes are going to happen, Uh, but my takeaway is that the rules are an issue, um, and there's there's no end in sight. Roger Goodell came out today. He was being interviewed, uh, answered some questions, and was asked about the controversial call with the Chiefs and the Bills, Uh, and he said, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but he said, it's a bit ironic that he's up there answering questions about a call that the officials clearly got correct. He's right. They they got it correct, but I still have a bunch of problems with it and a bunch of problems with other things with the officials. So that's my takeaway, Blaine. Fair enough. Fair enough. Mine is more broad ranging, which I know I, over last week and, and kind of what we're seeing shake out in the playoffs or what I said in the open, because it's going to be the same old AFC playoffs. It's going to be. I mean, the Bills are going to win two of their last three. Jake Browning showed you enough with the Bengals that they have a good a good schedule down the stretch. I mean, they get Minnesota, the Steelers, and the Browns, and the Chiefs. They might lose one of those four. I, I just don't see how the Bills and the Bengals don't make the playoffs, guys. And, and it, earlier this year, it was not looking like that, and I think it's just going to be the same old AFC playoffs. Josh Allen looking really good. The Bills, obviously, last week over the last couple looked really good. They get Dallas, which is tough, but it's, again, the same old AFC playoffs. The same players are going to be there, and uh, we'll we'll see how it shakes out. But, yeah, they showed enough. They're back. They're back. 
Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you're not wrong as much as it pains me to admit that you're, uh, you're, you're pretty right there. So awesome takeaways. Let's get to the week 15 slate, starting with Thursday night football. The chargers are going to go to Vegas to take on the Raiders. Both teams coming off very bad performances last week. Kind of fun to watch. Um, the chargers, of course, Herbert goes down, never wish for injury, but the chargers are just, they just can't, they can't get out of their own way. Herbert out. Keenan Allen has been announced that he's out for tomorrow's game. Um, the Raiders coming off a 3-0 loss at home last week to the Vikings in one of the funniest games <laughs> I've literally ever I've literally ever watched in my life. It was a hilarious going back and watching the highlights. If you want a good video, guys, you can go back and watch the NFL Week 14 highlights of the Vikings and Raiders. Not a lot on there. Um and for that, this game is insanely weird for me. What does Ethan Stick look like as the Chargers starting quarterback? Uh, who's he going to throw to? What are they going to do offensively? Raiders defense, I know it's Josh Dobbs, but holding an opponent to three points, I don't care who you're playing, is, is impressive. What what I'm Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins. Dobbs started, though, correct? Last week, yeah, yeah. That's they what I'm saying. Played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But regardless, three bad. that's impressive. Yeah, yeah. So Raiders minus three at home, guys. I think that's where it's the smart play. I'm going to take that in a game. I There's there's a lot of question marks going into. I'm going to go there. Johnny. Uh, Antonio Pierce, the interim head coach for the Raiders, who with every single week I'm praying to God that they keep around uh, for next season. Um he hasn't yet to rule a starter here. Um, it could be Garoppolo coming back. Could be O'Connell, something else. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure there. Uh, so, so that remains to be seen. And so just that initially right there, even with Easton Stick starting, like not saying who your quarterback is on Wednesday does not make me think you're going to cover the three. I don't know. I, I don't love that. I, I would rather bet the dog just, just hearing that. But then shortly after I read that this afternoon, I read that Keenan Allen has been ruled out. So, like, uh, I, I think, Chandler, that it's going to be Josh Palmer, right? I think so. Yeah. so. So, you know, when you see this game preseason, like, oh, yeah, Thursday night football uh, in Vegas, we get to watch Herbert throw to Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Well, now that we're here, Easton Stick throwing to – uh, Quentin Johnston and jo- Josh Palmer does not really hit <laughs> as hard as, as that. So uh, this matchup flat out stinks. It's two inept teams that are in chief- thankfully in the chiefs division. Obviously I'm going to watch it, but um, there's a really good chance that uh, th- this is a low, uh, a super low scoring game. Austin Eckler still looks bad and slow. And so, uh, you know, this could be a game where Max Crosby has like four sacks and, the final score is 16 to 13. Uh, and so I'll take the chargers to, to cover the three on the road, but it uh, feels gross. Yeah, it's definitely gross. I Easton sick looked okay though, against the Broncos defense that is really good. Obviously he only put up seven points when he was in the football game, but 179 yards and I think like seven yards per attempt, which I mean, per completion, I should say, which is fine, but no Keenan, like you're saying, Johnny is a big deal. That's a huge deal. But on the other side, you stole what I was going to say about Antonio Pierce. Like, I'm not betting on Antonio Pierce. I'm not. I'm not betting the Raiders here. I can't do it. I don't know. Like you're talking about, Jimmy G's just sitting on that sideline. 
and you have a, a rookie quarterback who is who's playing horrendous football with a ton of weapons, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? you got to change it up, Antonio. Like, if Garoppolo does not start this football game, I'll wait till the starter is announced. If it is O'Connell, I'm going Chargers. I think the Chargers have a lot more to lose than the Raiders do. Staley's job's on the line. They have a lot of guys, like you're talking about Eckler, kind of meh here, there. Johnston needs a big game. Like, the Chargers have to win this football game. The Raiders necessarily don't. And, um, yeah, I I hate to do it, but, I mean, this this – this is a Chargers win. This is a this is a Chargers win. I I see it as it. And I, honestly, a weird way, Chargers scored eleven or less in their last three. Raiders get shut out last week. Two bad quarterbacks. Like I don't know why, guys, but I'm sticking. I I somewhere around over. Like I'm I'm hitting over. I'm hitting over thirty four. It's going to be twenty seven ten. Somebody's going to win. Somebody's going to explode offensively, and I hope it's Devontae Adams in my playoff fantasy playoffs, but. Um, I'm going over. I'm going over on this one. Well, AFC how, does, how, how does uh how does somebody like Brandon Staley address the team? I mean, it is like dead silent in that in that locker room pregame. Probably everybody, you know, headphones yeah. on. They're, these are professionals, they're gonna get fired up, but like just before they go out to the field, what what does he say? Like, all right, guys, well, here we are again. Like why don't we go out there and, you know, if Brandon Staley got really fired up, I think it would be awkward. Like he might, he might say, well, he, he might have to take a page out of the Sean McDermott fire him up with nine eleven book to try to get these guys going. Cause I don't, I don't know if, you know, if I'm a player for Staley, I feel like I'm being led by somebody who's going to get me killed. And so that wouldn't get me fired up uh, to play, but, also, I'm also not a professional football player, and and as a professional, you have to bring the motivation yourself. Staley's an asshole. He <laughs> sucks. Too bad. Too, the job. I mean, too bad head coaches. Though, I mean that this is the state of the AFC West after what we were talking about at the start of the year. Are you kidding me? Like this is week week 15. We know everything about both these teams. Like, and the Broncos are a playoff football team possible right now, and these two teams are absolutely just hor- like what. It's ridiculous. It's, it's so sad. It's it's embarrassing for the division for these two franchises. It's it's insane. A massive matchup to start Saturday slate for the NFC and the AFC. The Cincinnati Bengals are going to host the Minnesota Vikings on Saturday. Football in the NFL. Bengals three point favorites at home. That's interesting here. Bengals coming off a twenty point win last week against Indianapolis. Vikings like we just talked about. Uh, coming off a, a abysmal win, if that's even a thing. Um, they win 3-0 in Vegas. I think this screams Cincinnati minus three. They're playing really good football, as Blaine alluded to in his Week 14 statement. But why is it so low? I think this feels like a place where they're trying to trap you. Um, I'm going to take Cincinnati, but this game's going to be closer than you think. I think that the Vikings have the mentality that they have nothing to lose. I mean, they have... Uh, quarterback. So it's Mullins. Is that what I'm hearing for you guys this week going into it? Yep. That must have. That must be what it has to do with the line, probably. Um, but that's just. I'm going Bengals. It feels too good. I'm taking it all the way, John uh, Blaine. Yeah. No. I, it feels too good because I think. I think the thought process of Vegas. This is my at least thought process of how Vegas is is talking about this. 
Brian Flores has been really good recently with a, maybe an abysmal defensive roster for the Minnesota Vikings, but he's been able to confuse some quarterbacks, Justin Fields. Um, I, I, he just, he, he's done a good job. And you get Jake Browning against Flores, who is who normally brings a ton of pressure. I think he's going to mix it up a ton. Jamar Chase, a little banged up. It, I, I, I just don't know how Browning's going to respond. He's been great, but there's that asterisk of what happens whenever – one of the most difficult defensive coordinators in the NFL draw something up against you. What do you look like? And that's why I think it's three. And I, you know, that's why I really want to take uh, Minnesota here. And the other reason is Mullins has been there for a year plus. Um, this is a guy O'Connell liked to bring in as a backup, and he's been there for a while to know the system. It's not just it's not just he dropped Dobbs, like, see you later. No, he sees something in Mullins. And I think after a week of practice and years a year under the system, this Minnesota offense is not going to be horrible. Like, you think, oh, Nick Mullins, three points. No, I, I think it'll be a, a fine Vikings offense, and I think they'll do a good job. And I think it's going to be a really close game. It's three for a reason, and that's why. And that's why I have no fucking clue who to take. <laughs> Honestly, guys, Johnny, talk me into something. Yeah, let me let me help you a little bit here because it was initially on paper Minnesota for me, but after I read a few things, it's now going to be Cincinnati. I think your point about Flores is is great. Um, he's chopping at the bit to face a backup quarterback any yeah. any any week, and a Bengals offensive line that um, is playing a little bit better as of late, but is by no means playing. Uh, top end offensive line football. So a few things. Mullins is six and eleven as a, against the spread as a starter. Six and eleven. He's two and seven against the spread in road or neutral site games. So not great at covering the spread in the past. Um, I think that you know it's funny how the Dobbs story was so so great, so fun in Minnesota, and then ended so abruptly. Right. I mean, they wanted to bench him two weeks ago. But they were like, oh, well, we'll get Justin Jefferson back last week uh, for the next game, which was last week. And uh, there was a play where Justin Jefferson does his, you know, great release uh, on the snap, um, does a quick slant, goes inside. Of course he wins. He's wide open. And Josh Dobbs puts the ball high and to the, towards, the, uh, towards the, uh, the safety coming downhill and just lights up Justin Jefferson. He is – he misses – uh, I think he missed the rest of the game after that. Uh, and I think that was, you know, the end of Josh Dobbs, right? You're going to put uh, the ball in a position where it's going to put Justin Jefferson in harm's way. Uh, you're done. All right, so they bring in Nick Mullins. Here's another reason why I don't want to bet on Nick Mullins here. It's going to rain all fucking day in Cincinnati. Temperatures are going to be in like the low 40s. So it's going to be, you know, not cold, not going to be warm by any means. But that means it's going to be slop. It's going to be slop in Cincinnati. It's going to be skyline chilly on the field. And I want no part of a team that can't run the football in, right. in, in, that, in that scenario. And so um, I, I think that the, the Bengals with Browning are playing just fine. Um, I think the Bengals are the best team the Chiefs are going to play the rest of the way out in their last four games. Um, and so with, with with that all said, I think the Bengals stay on the right track here and, and pick up a win and a cover. A big thing about the Bengals getting back on track too, Trey Hendrickson, excuse me, has been really good lately. Really good. That D-line is finally coming into its own. I know that secondary is not great, but yeah, that D-line against that yeah, horrible Minnesota <laughs> offensive line. That's, that's a good call. I'll go Bengals with you, Johnny. Thank you. The, the wide receiver talent in this game is insane. 
with T Higgins and Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, um, Jordan Addison, Addison, TJ Tyler Boyd. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, this, there's a lot of talent here, uh, outside of the quarterback position. Um, and to bring it back to the chiefs, like the talent at wide receiver compared to what we got is a joke. (laughs) It's pretty pathetic. I would kill for any of these guys. Yeah. 3.30 on Saturday afternoon, another massive AFC battle. The Pittsburgh Steelers are going to go to the Indianapolis Colts. Weird games happen in Lucas Oil. And on a Saturday, boys, this game's up to no good on paper. Um, And it's going to be a fun game, I think, against two of the weirder teams in the NFL, as we mentioned. I mentioned in my Week 14 statement, Um, Steelers, they're bad. Um, I held on for as long as I could, but last Thursday night was just embarrassing. Um, it's not good, and Trubisky is bad. Um, I think it's Indy all the way here. Indy's got to get back on track. Indy feels like they're in a better spot just roster-wise. I mean, I'd rather have Gardner Minshew right now than Mitchell Trubisky, and so I think that's how I'm going to ride. Um, the Colts... They're just so confusing, as I said already. I just don't understand them. Um, their roster is good. Like Blaine mentioned last week, I think Alec Pierce finally starting to get into the fold a little bit more. I like Michael Pittman a lot. Like they have the weapons. Um, it's just a matter of if they can put it together week in and week out. And right now, we'll see. Um, but I'm going to take them minus one and a half. I think that's a smart play. Weird things in the dome that they always seem to go the Colts' way. I'm going Indy here. I think it's Johnny. It's uh, the <clears throat> the Colts for me too. Despite you know, I think your your takeaway was was correct. This to me would be it would make total sense is if this game is seventeen nothing Indianapolis in the first quarter, like it just something weird happens in Indianapolis and then they get out to an early lead, strip sack of Trubisky early and and uh, um they 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 take it back for a touchdown and it's just like a mess for for Pittsburgh. You know, I mentioned earlier about you know how how would Brandon Staley fire up a team. How is Mitch Trubisky firing up anyone? Like if I were a, if if my son's second grade, second a two year old choir, like if they just put a bunch of toddlers up on the uh, with endless energy up on a stage, and Mitch Trubisky had to get them all to play and sing and have fun, they would all sit down and cry because this guy <laughs> is so, this guy is such a booger. And you know what? He might be a pretty nice guy off the field, but he looks like a what the frick guy like I can't stand. And I cannot imagine, you know, going to war on the field, on the gridiron for Mitchell Trubisky. You know, Mitchell is just such a pussy name. No offense to any of our listeners. But you no can offense. go for Mike Tomlin, though. I mean, I would I would kill a man for Mike Tomlin, though. Mike so. Tomlin, yeah, that's why the defense is great. Mike Tomlin's not throwing the football right. or or, or – Mike Tomlin, uh, Mike Tomlin should suit up and play quarterback. They may, <laughs> they win, and he wouldn't get touched. He wouldn't get touched. So, uh, kind of, I kind of started seeing red there and snapped and blacked out a little bit. So, apologies to any of our Mitchell listeners, but I'm going to go ahead and take the Colts in the spot. Where do I go? I mean, like, where wh- where are you supposed to go? Like, this is a typical. You're going to go on Pittsburgh now. This is a typical Steelers bounce back spot that like that. I mean, I also kind of, I also said that last week though. Tomlin just doesn't lose these games. And there's some, I know they've lost some of these games late. Like there's something that, that 
That Steelers defense is really good, and I know it's in the dome, but they always make it close, and it's one and a half for a reason. You it's going to be like a one-point game. I, I mean, like, dude, Gardner Minshew, I, I, I will say this. Gardner Minshew looked a little bit banged up last week. I don't know if he got hit hard. That D-line, he didn't look the same. He, It was not pure form Gardner that we're, we're used to having. And if that's the case, then I like Pittsburgh. But if Gardner can throw it around the yard, then I like Indianapolis. But two seven and six teams, these two teams feel like they're four and whatever that math comes out to. Like, it just is a weird, they're, yeah, they're playoff teams. Now they're not going to be at the end of the year. This is, I mean, guys, this is a huge game. <laughs> I, I don't know how else to say it. Three o'clock Saturday. This is technically prime time too. Uh, um, yeah, I just, Pittsburgh's offense is that bad. So I think I just got to go Colts. I'm, I'm going to stick with my Pittsburgh hatred. Nice. Did you guys see what they did with TJ Watt last week? He like, uh, he, he apparently had a concussion. He was p- placed in concussion protocol after the game. He has since cleared concussion protocol. So it looks like he's going to play. but. There, there were some people who were kind of piffing Pittsburgh because it looked like, I mean, he he needed to be evaluated or or, or maybe was evaluated and was allowed to go back in the game. So kind of a, a scary thing there uh, for him. But, you know, Pittsburgh's coming off of two home straight home losses yeah. to the Cardinals and the yeah. freaking Patriots. That's and crazy. stat with that, league worst 0-5 against the spread on the road. So they're not playing any much better on the road, Johnny. Ooh. Okay, I like my pick. (laughs) Broncos at the Detroit Lions. Another big playoff implication. Awesome game. Awesome Awesome game. game. Saturday night, NFL football. Uh, The Russell Wilson Denver Broncos coming off a nice win against the Chargers last week, 24-7. Going to a place that has encountered some very close games and slipped up last week against the Chicago Bears. Um, in bad fashion, mind you, at Soldier Field um, last Sunday. So this is a really important game for both sides. Detroit has got to bounce back and look good. You know, they went to the Dome um, in New Orleans and got out to a big, big lead and then fought the Saints fought all the way back, and it was shaky, and the Saints had chances to win. They didn't look that good. The defense has been under fire. They go to Chicago, and they get pretty much – destroyed in my opinion i thought that game was pretty much all in chicago's favor the entire time um and so they've got to get they've got to right the ship here um and it's not an easy opponent for a team in denver that's coming in with some serious playoff aspirations um you know they're fired up they're a game behind the chiefs in the afc west they know that this this game they can keep pace with the chiefs if they win this game um four point dogs on the road i think that's kind of interesting in a 47 and a half over under points, points, points in this game, I guess. I didn't, you know, I can see that from the Detroit side, but I like Denver's defense. Denver's defense is pretty good, really solid um, on all three levels. And so Detroit's got to run the football. It's kind of tough to do against Denver uh, um, because I think they've been playing really well in the front. And I think Denver keeps it within the number. I'm going to take Detroit to win. Denver keeps it plus four is my take here. Uh, Blaine, I believe. Yeah, no, great. No, this is a finally a game. Two starting quarterbacks that have been starting quarterbacks that are no backups in this football game, and it has playoff implications. Gimme, 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 gimme. I, I, I just got fired up um, while Chandler was talking. I was muted. I was kind of like, you know, fist pumping you. But stat for this, whoever scores first wins. Denver, 7-1 and one when scoring first. 
Detroit, 7-0 when scoring first. So wow. battle of the first scores here. Great That's stat. from Warren Sharp. I, yeah, I read that on a tweet from, uh, I, I think it might have been him, but somebody said who read it off. But, I mean, it got, I, I almost feel like Detroit doesn't play well at home. Like a big game at home for Detroit. What, Green Bay they lost. They played Chicago close a week, uh, a couple of weeks before at home. Like it's just kind of like, yeah, that's Seattle. Week Seattle. Two, Seattle. Yeah. I mean, big games at home they have not produced. Denver and that defense, they love to play on the road. And this is a massive, massive game for them. Guys, I, I've been saying it since week like six or seven. Like they're better than we think. Like, shit, I predicted them to beat the Chiefs. Like, I, it's almost to a point to where this defense for Denver with a lacking Detroit offense, they've looked bad offensively, guys. Laporta's not been there as much. Running game, yeah. Just head scratching. Detroit is down. Denver is surging. And I'm going to go with the hot team. I think Denver covers. And I'm, I'm going to honestly take Denver to win this football game. It's it's, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be an awesome game, Johnny. What do you think? Yeah, I'm fired up, too. Um, even further playoff implications, um, for especially for on the Detroit side, right? If Detroit loses this game and then Minnesota wins their game, then they play the following week, I believe, with the division on the line. Wow. So it, there's call. so much, so much to play for here uh, in this spot on a Saturday. NFL Network is just—I mean—they're licking their chops. They all three games. NFL Network has the rights to all three games, so um, the whole entire country is going to be glued to their station uh, all of Saturday. So good for them. I, tell me what you guys think about this stat. I don't know if this is this could be a fun factoid. Uh, but Detroit in their last six games following a loss are six and zero against the spread. Mm. I don't know if that's a big enough sample size. I mean, that's all with the same coaching staff. It's a lot. Um, so I, I uh, part of that makes me feel like Detroit could cover here. I also have a. I've been. I'm 29. I have a lifetime of watching Detroit in primetime outright lose at, especially at home. Um, so definitely torn here. I hate Denver, um, and it pains me to say that they are playing pretty well. Um, their defense is top five in DVOA since the 70-point game against the, the Dolphins. But Denver's really pissed me off because their their newspaper's writing about – they've, like, figured out – they broke Patrick Mahomes. And so um, I'm going to have to go – with my heart here over my mind and take Detroit to cover here uh, at home because I cannot stand the Denver Broncos. One last thought on this. Sorry, but I, I seem to have a lot of last thoughts. Denver's secondary against golf and the, that lacking offense versus, I mean, Detroit's defense guys is bad, straight up bad. Like if Russ can get going a little bit, that's a massive mismatch. Cause I, I mean, Detroit's Detroit is not is not good right now, guys. It's it's hard to say, but they're not good because their defense cannot stop anyone, anyone at all. Like here it is, Denver. Here it is. They're they're gonna win this football game. What do you Cortland Sutton's gonna kill him? Cortland yeah. Sutton has been so good. And yeah. he early on um had some drop issues. Um, I mean, for his some of his career, he's he's had drop problems and has been uh, underwhelming, but he dropped, had like two bad drops against the Chiefs in that first time that the Chiefs played him at, at Arrowhead, then had an unbelievable catch to get the Broncos kind of back in it. Yeah. And he's had 
multiple sick catches and since then, and him and Russ have really been on the same page. One-handed touchdown last week. Yeah. There is not a soul on Detroit's roster that can guard him. Um, so uh, Cortland Sutton could have a big game here. Might be a good DFS play. Yeah, and we're just waiting for Jerry Judy to finally like. There's, it's been recently. Obviously, I feel like since the Chiefs that he was getting talked smack on for not producing. But like, I'm just waiting. It's kind of like the Chiefs wide receiver. Like, I'm waiting for Jerry Judy to have a game where you're like, okay, this is Jerry Judy late last year. If you remember, he went off the last like seven weeks of the year, and I'm just waiting for that that pop to be corked or the cork to be popped. Excuse me, <laughs> but it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen, and I think this could be a big day for Russ. The Sunday slate begins at noon with the Chicago Bears going to Cleveland. And if it's raining in Cincinnati, Ohio, all day per Johnny Rowe, I would imagine it's probably going to be raining in Cleveland all day, hence the minus three line. This is going to be a nasty game. And I think that both teams, um, in contrast to the Cincinnati and who does Cincinnati play against the Vikings game, both of these teams can run the football. Um, so it's going to be a ground and pound slugfest, I would imagine, on this one. 38 and a half is the over-under, which seems a little bit high. Um, I mean, take that with a grain of salt. Obviously, 38 is a low number. But in terms of what I thought it could be, seems a little bit high for 38 and a half. But um, this is kind of a big game for for both sides. The Bears right now, um, they're playing better football, you could say. Um, Cleveland needs this to stay um, on pace in the AFC. I think Cleveland's the better football team coming into it, but Chicago has really been impressed me recently. I mean, I think that they've been playing the best football they've played in the Justin Fields era. I think that it's clear that they're going to stay bought into Justin Fields. I think that's with five games on your belt and you're kind of sniffing around the cusp of the playoff hunt. I think you just kind of see how many games you can win this year and you have the number one overall pick already with Carolina. So I think you go all for it. Um, and I think that's kind of scary for a Browns team that has really struggled offensively. Um, looked good last week against Jacksonville, but let Jacksonville back into that football game. I'm going to take Cleveland minus three, but um, this is going to be a closer game than people think. And I think that you would look at it in potential stinky tag, but I think it's better than the stinky tag. I'm not even getting close to the stinky. I think this is a good matchup, guys. I really do. Johnny? Uh, this... Uh, a lot of orange and a lot of rain going to be in this spot. I These are two teams that my perception of is not – their reputation in my brain is like a toilet. I cannot stand the Bears. Um, I will give them some praise for their effort last week. But I do already have Bears fans in my life that it's like the rest of the season vanished. The rest, I mean, Fields is now back. It's like Fields is back to being the guy. Ryan Poles is the best GM in the league. Um, Eberflus needs to stick around. It's like, okay, let's just take a breath here. And, just, <laughs> you know, congrats on the win, but let's just chill out. Uh, and then on the Browns side, um, obviously, it's just a quarterback is always the focal point of discussion for them, right? Whether it's Deshaun Watson or P.J. Walker, who's now been cut from the team or – a DTR who's obviously not going to be the guy. Now it's Joe Flacco um, who was spinning it last week, has done a pretty good job, but is also was out of he was he was out of the league for a reason. And so yeah, there's just two teams here that I really don't know. I mean, Cleveland to me is obviously the better team. 
Um, but Kareem Hunt was DNP today. They placed, I believe, two players on season-ending IR uh, from their defense. Safety and tackle, defensive tackle. Yeah, not yeah. good. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, not not good. Um, obviously, they still have Miles Garrett, who's an absolute game wrecker and a freak. Um, he's going to make life hell for Justin Fields. I don't know. Um, I was – on the opposite side, I was I bet the I bet the Lions last week. Uh, sharp play by I think both the Blaine had the Bears, but I'm not sure if Chandler did. But um, I'm I'm not gonna flip it here. I'm just gonna take the Browns. I, I I can't with the the Bears. Honestly, the Bears need to get the fuck out of my life. Yeah, but the Bears are gonna win this football game. They, they oh. are. Yeah, it simply are. I the Browns are just like they I, they're not the Your same Browns. Browns. Yeah, they're not the same Browns anymore, dude. They I mean they're. I think they've lost eight starters this year, both sides of the football combined. How how do you put together a winning football team this late in the year? And last week, Grant Delpit out for the rest of the year. Can't even do it. And then um, one of their starting DNs, Peck, out as well. I mean, it, they just keep getting knocked and knocked by injuries that it's just it's it's not overcomable this late in the year. With yeah, you, you can have depth, but this, it's not the same Browns and it's not the same Bears. Like like you're saying, Chandler, they're playing the best football they've played. Yannick Ngakwe is out for the rest of the year. That hurts at D end. He's been pretty good this year. Um, but I think he broke his ankle. And then DJ Moore didn't practice, but I, I I'm not sure what the status is there. But ultimately, I think the Bears are the more healthier team. They're how does Joe Flacco continue to prove himself? Yeah, he's played two games really well, but does he continue to be that great? I'm not sure. Because the Browns, again, backup tackle, backup tackle out this game as well. So their left tackle situation is abysmal, and I don't think they're going to be able to just put together, piece together with a Band-Aid or whatever they put on it to beat the Bears. The Bears are going to win this football game. Yeah, Jedrick Wills. Yeah, they yeah. put him on IR too. It's and then, just insane how beat De- up they are, but it's a testament to their depth, too. Yeah. Dewan Jones, who is that depth, is out. That's what I'm saying of Jedrick. And it's just it's nonstop for the Browns. They can't they they, they can't do it. They're not I don't think they're gonna make the playoffs anymore. They're, they're dead. Chandler confirmed the Cincinnati weather slop will also be over Cleveland, Ohio, as well. The it is going to be an orange uniform sloppy mess out there. But yeah. Okay, weather weather reports have been confirmed for that matchup. Over farther east in the country, the New York Jets are going to be in South Beach to take on the Dolphins. Let's start with the Dolphins, guys. The Dolphins, bad Monday night loss. Bad, 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 and a huge gift to the Kansas City Chiefs um, for potentially still trying to get the one seed. Um I just the Dolphins, man. Like, how how do they let that happen? How do you let that happen? And they've lost some games here where they just shouldn't have. And it's um it's definitely concerning. But they're in a good spot here. The Jets coming off a big win against the Texans, but the Texans we know the injuries that they sustained in that game. But Zach Wilson still threw for over three hundred yards in the rain. I don't know how or why. Um, he has the ability to do this in the weirdest of spots, like with all the stuff that was building up with him in the week. And then he goes out and has a great game. I, it's, it's uncanny, I guess. I don't, I don't really know what, what the word is to describe it, but who knows what kind of Zach Wilson will get Vegas. I don't think has fallen for it. They're eight and a half point favorites. The dolphins are at home. It's the, it's the right play. I think it's the dolphins all the way. They get back on track in a good spot. It's going to be interesting to see though, how they do against that uh, jets defense, because 
Like I, I, I think Tua is a good quarterback, but I also think that if he can't get to his first read and uh, Tyreek's a little banged up, it, it could be tough uh, offensively. But the, I think the Dolphins win this game. I think it's Johnny. It's me, but oh, that's sorry, fine. I mean, Go ahead. <laughs> I know I, I Johnny was shaking his head. That's the only reason I know. I'm like I said, I've had a few drinks, but <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> Miami killed New York. Just what like. Three weeks ago, was it, guys? I mean, yeah. it was a twenty-point football game. Yeah, I get. Yeah, I get. Jack Zach Wilson with all this, but last, I mean, last week we we're like, man, Zach Wilson's gonna suck. He didn't, but Zach Wilson and Joe Flacco were the play, like the players of the AFC last week. Like, that's not that's not sustainable. It's not gonna happen. Tua's still a good quarterback. Yeah, he's only a one-read guy, but I think he will be fine in this spot. Miami bounced back. They got to win this football game. It's just, I'm not going to overthink it. Like I really want to go into stats. I really want to go into all this, but I'm not going to because Miami's just simply going to win this football game. No analysis, Miami. Lengthy injury report for both Jets. Uh, Jason Brownlee, DNP, John Franklin Myers, DNP, of course, Rogers, Solomon Thomas, uh, DNP on the Dolphins side, Devon Achan, Teron Armstead, Liam Eichenberg. I believe the Dolphins placed Connor Williams on season-ending IR, one of their linemen. Uh, Sean Elliott, Tyreek Hill, Xavier Howard, Robert Hunt, Raheem Mostert. At that one, Mostert says rest, but you know he's a guy who's been banged up for a lot of his career. And 15 weeks into the season, he's got uh, some bumps and bruises. And so, uh, a lot, a length injury report for both. Guys, this opened at 13 and a half for the Dolphins. It's down to eight and a half, like you said. Why are so many people betting on the Jets? I mean, I, I'm i not a professional better. I, you know, honestly, I'm a fucking terrible better like everybody else. But I don't – I need to see it again from Zach Wilson, don't I? I, I, I – Yeah. Was that his first 300-yard game of his career? If not his first, one of the, one of the few. By far his best. It just has to show you, too, how, like, the AFC and NFC Offensive Player of the Week Award is such a fucking reality TV show. The two jet, the two New York quarterbacks won that, right? I think Blaine oh. mentioned that. So, it's like, it, I can't <laughs> – it's, it's such a joke. Um, that's such a joke. But I'll, I'll take the Dolphins here. Uh, I had a wonderful Monday night watching the Dolphins blow that game. Um Teams that were up 14 or more with three minutes to go in a game or less in the in in, le- in the last since 2016, I think it was, were something like 760 and O until that spot. And uh, I wow. spent the the last three minutes of the game watching the. Um, Barstool uh, stream that they had of the people in New York and Frank the Tank uh, was having an absolute fit watching that. And I was giggling. I woke up my wife when she was sleeping because I was giggling so much, crying, laughing, watching this guy freak out. And uh, if the Dolphins were to lose in this spot, again, that would be great for the Chiefs. So so my 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 bet is going to be for the Dolphins to cover here, but I hope the Jets win this game. Very well could too. Last year, um, in January, it was it was a fourteen to six game. Like I get, I'm not saying that's going to happen again, but like they, it's a divisional game. Like you're talking about, it very well could, very well could. 
Did they say if Tyreek sprained his? Did, I know it's just an ankle. So he I'm came not back. Sure. Yeah, he came back though. So like that gives you enough to think that he'll be all right. But yeah, if he if he rolled, maybe he rolled his ankle. But you know, as a guy who's recovering from a sprained ankle, I cannot imagine being able to run. And I know I am a, a superior athlete to Tyreek Hill, obviously, but. I can't imagine spraining your ankle and then playing on it. So if he did that, I mean, he's just, he's just an alien. He's, it's insane. Like I can't, I cannot believe that Patrick Mahomes played when he got the high ankle sprain against the Jags. I can't believe Trevor Lawrence played last week after having a high ankle sprain. Now, when I got my ankle sprain, I didn't have any Toradol handy. So that might've helped, but right. these guys are freaks, man. Freaks. And talk about a freaky game in New Orleans. The New Orleans Saints are going to host the Giants. This Ew. is adjacent um, only because the Giants have been playing better as of late. Uh, Tommy DeVito, somehow, they're playing that guys, they are playing better than what they were earlier in the season. That is just a stone cold fact. A nice win against the Packers. Shout out, football. shout out, shout out, Daniel Jones, Chandler. Sorry to interrupt, but yeah, um, that's. That's fair. But the Giants are playing better. Um, and this number is weird to me, guys. Saints minus six at home. This almost feels like the Ve- uh, Vegas is baiting you to take the Giants, in my opinion. The Saints are so freaking annoying, dude. The Saints are just – they just are annoying. I hate them, and they killed Carolina last week. I'd hoped so. Honestly, they had to have that game, of course, um, and they took care of business. Coming back home, maybe some more momentum. But I just don't trust them. I'm taking the Giants plus six here, guys. I don't think that the Giants – I think the Saints are going to win the football game. But I'm going to take the Giants plus six, playing with a bunch of momentum right now. Tommy DeVito probably has no, like, real – I mean, he has stress. Obviously, he's an NFL quarterback. But, I mean, come on. Just go out there and sling it and keep doing what you're doing. Heavy dose of Saquon. And I think they cover this number. Um, I really think they do. They go down there. They might even win the game, guys. They honestly might. Uh, Blaine. No, it's Johnny. <laughs> I thought a couple of times. <laughs> we need to have like a like a you need to go to a local southeast Missouri high school gymnasium and take their possession arrow and just <laughs> flip hit the take. button every time. That's actually a so, great idea. That is oh awesome. my god, such a good idea. Just put it on your wall. See who and, it is. Yeah, yeah, it's hilarious. Uh, back to what I was saying about the uh, offensive player of the week being an absolute joke. Um, the Tommy DeVito thing is cool, but if he wasn't in New York and ostentatiously Italian, he wouldn't have been a uh, good word, right? He wouldn't have no. been, he wouldn't have been the player of, of the week. 17 of 21 for 158 yards and one touchdown. I mean, he had 71 yards on the ground too, which is nice, but I mean, there was a better, there had to have been a better NFC quarterback than that. So I, I, I'm, I'm not too thrilled with what I'm seeing from Tommy DeVito, um, but makes you feel really stupid for paying Daniel Jones $160 million if you can get that uh, production from Tommy DeVito. I think I have to also take the Giants to cover in this spot. I think it was either Blaine or Chandler said that the Saints had not covered a game at home before the on the pod last week until – uh, that game against the Panthers. 
I I don't want to bet Derek Carr. Derek Carr and Dennis Allen to cover six points. I don't I don't want to do that. Data might prove me wrong, but I would venture to say that Derek Carr and Dennis Allen don't cover a lot. Uh, so I'll, I'll take the Giants here in this spot in a game that flat out stinks. Stinks, yeah. I'm not going to talk a ton about it, but I think I'm going the opposite way. Like I, I hate laying six with New Orleans. Like That's ridiculous, but they do actually play better at home, although they don't cover a ton. They do play better at home. It is a tough place to play with DeVito out his last week. Can DeVito, like we're talking about Zach Wilson, like can DeVito do this again, guys, really? Like is this going to happen? Saquon may be, may be able to run the ball pretty well, but neither defense has played well. And if, if, if I'm looking at the Giants are allowing a league high, almost three points a drive on the road. So like they're letting teams – get down the field, get through their de- – I, I don't know. I, I think Derek Carr can be better. I think that New Orleans has a ton of more weapons. I'm not putting my money on DeVito. I'm taking the Dome. I'm taking New Orleans, and I'm taking the six. I hate it, but I'd, I'd, I'd rather take the six and the seven. I, I like the six. I like the six. I'll go New Orleans. Hey, Chandler, before we go to the next game, I just real quick pause, jump back to that Jets-Dolphins game. Just saw something on my phone that I think is good for our listeners. I said that number was at 13.5 to open. Now it's down to 8.5. And And I didn't even check the weather because I was thinking, you know, it's Miami. At kickoff and throughout the game, the weather is projecting 18 to 21 mile an hour sustained winds and rain. So I think that's the weather in Miami is going to stink. Yeah. And so that is why I think the total has been bet down five whole points. And so just something to keep in mind, and I, I'm trying to do a better job of that each week, but I'm, I'm, I'll, do, I'll do it on this podcast. Weather in regards to, you know, obviously the game, but gambling on these things, I think the weather is a huge deal. Huge. Massive. And you said both running backs, DNP, one was rest. But, no, I mean, for Miami, that's a that's a big deal. Good call. A really big NFC matchup. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to travel to Lambeau Field to take on the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Tampa Bay coming off a really nice win last week in Atlanta. Uh, We were talking last week on the pod, and I think I'm pretty sure I took Atlanta. Um, It was a do-or-die situation for both of those teams, and the Tampa Bay came out on top, and so they need to continue to win, and it would be a really nice win for them, especially with the lower-tier NFC team that had been gaining momentum before their stinker on Monday night against the Giants in the Green Bay Packers. Packers minus three and a half at home. I think that's a bit telling. Uh, maybe maybe Vegas thinks that's a one-off for Green Bay going on the road to New York. But guys, this is a big game for Tampa. Um, I and and Tampa's one of those teams where you just don't know what you're gonna get, but what it is on paper seems good enough to at least go up there and keep it within a field goal. Um, but I think Green Bay is the play here. I like the way Jordan Love's been playing. I think that they can run the ball um okay against Tampa Bay effectively enough to get Love comfortable with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. So we will see there. But I'm gonna take the Packers minus three and a half. I think that's the smart play. Um, Tampa Bay, they're gonna win the NFC South, I think. I think that that's pretty clear. Um, and so a loss isn't the worst thing in the world for them. Of course, they want to win and they can win but I'm going to go Green Bay. 
Yeah. No, that was my takeaway the other week was that Tampa Bay is a playoff football team that's coming into fruition after uh, obviously that that win last week. But uh, something about playing in Green Bay, Tampa Bay going to Green Bay. Battle of the Bays. Nice call. Yeah. It's cold up there, man. That We saw that that grass is not easy. It's slick. It's a tough place to play. Tampa Bay does not run the ball well, but they've been able to win games not doing it. Rashad White catches the ball out of the backfield five times. Mike Evans, some of these guys. Tampa Bay has a winning formula. The worry I have with Green Bay is no Christian Watson. How does that – I just feel like their offense is different. It's a heavy dose of Jaden Reed. It's a heavy dose of Musgrave. It's a heavy dose of like – I just – Jordan Love did not look the same last week without Christian Watson. And, and he just doesn't. And that's a huge factor when you lose one of your best wide receivers – how do you look? Not good. Not good. And I think Baker's played better football this year than Jordan Love has. And I think Tampa Bay is the – which is crazy because I was so high on Green Bay after they beat Kansas City. But I think that Watson injury is that big of a deal. And I'm going to take Tampa Bay plus the points. It's going to be really close. Three and a half. I'll, hell, I, I think it's a three-point game either way. Awesome football game. Yeah, I agree. Big big playoff implications too, right? The Buccaneers can win the NFC South. Uh, wild card and play for for Green Bay. Good good buddy of mine who I met up with at that game in in Green Bay um, was you know that he's a pretty emotional guy uh, like any other diehard fans. But you know they had won three in a row over big teams was the highest of high that he could be, and he was he was in the gutter after that game. He is very upset. I I don't blame him. That is such a that is a really deflating loss, and it really should. It really wasn't as close um, as as the score indicated. Saquon Barkley just fumbled the ball, like untouched breakaway run, fell down and just fumbled the ball and gave it back to Green Bay, which uh, let them come down and score and take the lead before Devito let let him down for um, the the game winning field goal. And so, yeah, I. I don't know for sure if they've ruled out Christian Watson, but DNP today, right? I mean, that's not a good sign. And he's Great had trouble about, with that hamstring before. Sorry, uh, but yeah, it's it's a lingering. There's the same the the fans around us at the game against Kansas City when he pulled it. They were like, "Oh, here we go again." They were they were freaking pissed uh, about that, and so something to monitor there. I also. Uh, like Tampa in this spot. Weather conditions are going to be in the mid to high 30s. It's going to be dry, very low wind. Um, So it's just going to be a frozen-ish tundra game uh, here. And uh, I think I'll I'll take Tampa. I I think it's going to be a close game, though. I think we should have on our radars a potential Tampa Bay wide receiver warm-up without their shirts on type of thing in Green Bay. (laughs) Like that seems like a real Florida thing to do to like go to a really cold environment and like act like it's not going to bother you. But um, yeah, that's a good call. That's going to be a chilly. That's going to be a chilly morning for a Tampa Bay Buccaneer player. I'll tell you that right now. Baker uh, Mayfield too in the cold, I think is is fine. It's fine. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It'll be a good game. It'll be a great game. AFC South battle, kind of stinky, kind of fun. This division is basically, I would say that's the definition of this division. Um, The Houston Texans are going to go to Tennessee to take on the Titans. Titans off a big Monday night win against the Dolphins, one we nobody saw coming. Um, They're three-point favorites here. Stroud, 
Last week in New York, bad outing for the Texans, but Stroud leaves that game in concussion protocol. I'm going to leave it up to the guys, I think, to give us a little more information because the last I saw, he was still questionable. Um, This is a weird game. I mean, it really relies on Stroud playing, I think, for the Texans to have a chance. Um, And the Titans are going to be able to get after him. They got after Tua really well, I thought, on Monday night. It gave their their team a chance to win the football game. Um, It it really, really relies on Stroud here. If he doesn't go, I think it's the Titans. If he goes, I think that the Texans can keep it within the number and pick up a big win. The Texans need to win this football game. I I think it would be a great story for them if they can make the playoffs. But if they lose this one, it's going to be even harder. Um, it's a tough spot for them. The over-under is 37 and a half. I think that's kind of telling. I think it will be a lower-scoring game, and I think the Titans won it that way. I think that's what's even more surprising about the Miami game is the way the Titans won. They had to score a lot of points. That was not the comfort zone of the Tennessee Titans, and so they're going to want to muck this game up. They're going to want to be physical and be really annoying for the Texans' offense. I think they can do it. I think they can do it here. They seem to get better as the year goes on, year in and year out. I think that's a testament to Vrabel, and I'm going to take the Titans here in this spot. Um, I actually started to write it down, and it's Johnny. Nice. Uh, I don't even know if that's right. No, it is. uh, It is. Oh, Oh, don't be questioning me anymore. I'm (laughs) down. Power of the pin. Johnny, possession. Yeah, it's just – it's ironic that I was talking shit and I forgot. So I (laughs) – so, okay, th- there's one thing that I – so I used to play in a gross amount of DFS on DraftKings every Sunday. I don't I don't anymore, probably just because I have a kid and I'm just tired of losing money. But one thing that was a constant was that if the Texans and Titans are playing, play Derrick Henry against the Texans. Um, and it's still – even with this terrible offensive line in 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 uh, in Tennessee, it still remains to be a, a, a fact. Derrick Henry rushing in his last five games versus the Texans: thirty-two for two eleven and three, twenty-two for two twelve and two, thirty-four for two fifty and two, thirty-two for two nineteen and two, twenty-three one twenty-six and one. Holy God! So he has scored three five seven. He scored 10 touchdowns in the last five games against the Texans, and four of those five games he's had over 200 yards rushing. So he destroys the Texans on the ground. They're coming off of um, a drubbing by the Jets. Did did we already did you say if Stroud's going to go? Do we? Yeah, I think he's still in protocol. Last I saw, yeah, he was questionable. Sure. Still in protocol. Didn't practice. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's that's really tough. Um, and keep in mind, like, it's like these things, these, these are real, like that until absolutely proven otherwise, you know, like the chiefs beat the Broncos, however many times in a row. And until the Broncos finally beat the chiefs, you have to just keep betting on the chiefs to beat them. Like that's, that's how this thing goes. Like, you know, I think, uh, it's either the Jags always beat the Titans or the Titans always beat the Jags or something that we always bring up that stat. Like these things are things that I like to find, right? Big Ben always beat the Browns. Like let's find these stats and let's dive into them. This is one that I want to dive into. Keep in mind in that game against the Dolphins, Derrick Henry had 17 carries for 34 yards, two touchdowns, right? But he averaged two yards a carry. Like this is a bad offensive line in Tennessee, 
but I still want to I want to bet Derrick Henry anytime touchdown, Derrick Henry over on the yards, over over on the carries. Um, and in this spot, I, I actually like the, t- the the Titans to cover. Will Levis over 300 yards last week. He also put a shoulder into Jalen Ramsey's crown of his helmet. Looked yeah. awesome uh, on the run. Will Levis was super fired up. I bring it up every single week, but his gr- hot girlfriend moved with him to Nashville, and then he dumped her for some rumored shady stuff. Makes me want to root for the guy. He's a bit of a cornball, right? The mayonnaise and the coffee, eating bananas with the peel on. Um, but it looks like um, he has somewhat of a, 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 a hold on the locker room. And after that go-ahead touchdown, he was fired up coming back to the sideline and after the after that. So I I, I I like the Titans in this spot. And with the uncertainty with Stroud, of course, that would make you think that's the play. Yeah. I mean, crazy to think that the Texans were talking about them getting beat by the Titans. Like last week, you you were asinine. Like that's insane. That, that, that makes zero sense. The Texans are a playoff football team and have played like it for 14 weeks. And now we're – or I guess 13 before last week. And now we're here at week – 15 and boom, wheels fall off. Will Anderson, ankle, didn't practice. Nico Collins, out with that calf, still linked. Like he might not play. Obviously, no Tank Dell. Both of the tackles for Texans are banged up, didn't practice. What it like if CJ Stroud does play, he's not the same without Tank Dell. Like we saw it last week, six points. Zach Wilson threw across the yard. And what I thought was going to be weather, like, Johnny, think if you've taken over. I think we record this a little too early. I said there's going to be a ton of weather over the East Coast last week. I was wrong. I was wrong. But I, I this is not the same Texans team. It's not. And, and C.J. Stroud can do as much as he can to be the rookie of the year. And I don't see it, guys. And I, Vegas has it right. Vegas has it right. I, I think I'll go – you know what? I think I'm going to go Texans, even though I I just I, I wow. some weird thing flop f- complete flip flop. flop classic it makes no sense, but I'll go Texans. The the Titans are terrible, but whatever. I got two more notes too. Actually, you know, I just had a third one popping in my head. Buckle up. Uh, <laughs> the, the the weather one was a good point. It's supposed to rain pretty heavily in the morning and taper off, but there's supposed to be rain at kickoff in Nashville. Temperatures in the mid. Uh, to high 40s, and so sounds like some slop that Derrick Henry can muck around in and uh, and and keep up the trends that he's had against against the Texans. The next one, what do you guys think about this? Uh, the the Titans are wearing Houston Oilers throwbacks against Houston. Mm. Is that weird? I can't. I can't. Kind of an up yours, isn't it? I can't. Like kind it. of a piff. Yeah. No. Kind definitely. Kind of a piff. Yeah. Definite piff. So yeah, I think that's a bit interesting too. I, I on on a X, formerly Twitter, here there are some, you know, anonymous bot accounts for the Texans that are not thrilled that they're going to do uh, the Houston Oilers throwback. Last thing, DeAndre Hopkins is so good, seven for one twenty four. Uh, I believe he got in the end zone as well. I <laughs> would be really nice if he was on the Chiefs, but. They're going to win it without him anyway, so next, move on. The NFC South battle we were all waiting for. The Atlanta Falcons are going to go to the Carolina Panthers uh, for a game at noon on the East Coast that basically nobody is going to watch um, except for the Figure It Out podcast because that's what we do here. The um, Atlanta Falcons are three-point favorites. 
Um, Carolina somehow looked worse than they have all season last week, and they looked horrible all year. Um, Carolina is really in hell. Uh, they they have one of the worst situations, I think, in, in all of football. It's, I don't think that's much of a crazy statement to say. Um, Falcons off a bad loss last week, but they'll they'll bounce back here and they'll keep the NFC South battle close. And if Tampa Bay slips up in Green Bay, they're right back in the hunt for the NFC South title. And so I think that it's the Falcons all day here. Minus three, I would imagine there's going to be some weather in this game. Um, we've kind of worked from the northern part of the East Coast down to South Beach. This is more a little bit in the middle. I would imagine there'll be weather. And um, I'm going to take the Falcons here. They can run the football, and they, you know they can do that. So I'm going to take them here in this spot, Blaine. Great geography, Chandler. Uh, uh, you're, you're probably right, but I don't really care because the Falcons are going to win this football game. And that's, I like again, this is my second no analysis, but no analysis. The Falcons have so much to gain out of this football game. They're, they're a better football team. Like, well. Three? Yeah, three. I'll take it. I'll take three. it. Yeah, how about some weather? Uh, weather update here. Uh, Mid-50s to high-50s, so it's going to be warmer, of course, in Charlotte. Uh, rain the whole time. It's calling for rain the whole time. Wow. Does not bode well, does not bode well for, for the Panthers. Nothing really does for them. Um, absolutely embarrassing to have my name attached to them winning this division. Um you know, really should have really should have some privileges revoked uh, for that, honestly. Um, but that will we, we'll talk about that at a later date. Um, should have some privileges revoked, actually, for uh, my Bryce Young takes. Uh, he, what is very concerning about Bryce Young is that you'd think somebody drafted one overall, and there is some data right that shows. Being drafted one overall does not mean that you're going to turn your team's win-loss record around. Um, obviously, like Burrow's first year, they were still terrible. He got hurt. They were not great. Trevor Lawrence's first year. The Andrew Luck Colts were not great his first year. They all clearly, without a doubt, elevated the talent around them. <laughs> Bryce is elevating nobody. Now, Jonathan Mingo is grading out, and I wanted him on the Chiefs, by the way. Jonathan Mingo is grading out as the worst every down, multiple down um, wide receivers in the league, below MVS, below Sky Moore. That doesn't help him, but Bryce should be doing a little bit more. He looks horrendous out there, and there is no part of me that can take the Panthers in this spot. One in 12, I mean, just imagine. You know, this isn't giving me flashbacks to watching the Turner Gill Kansas Jayhawks with a record that looks like that. <laughs> I, 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 this is Falcons all the way. And apologies for talking this long about the Panthers. A kind of bad matchup as well to start the 305 slate. The Washington Commanders are going to travel across the continental United States to go to the Los Angeles Rams. Rams, six and a half point favorites. Um, the Rams have been a bit confusing of late as well. I think they're a team that you just don't know what you're going to get week in and week out. But they are in a great spot here with the commanders coming to town. I think that this bodes very well for them to get back on track. I think that, you know, Stafford is slinging the rock. He has been all year. 
And they went to Baltimore last week and put up a really nice fight and special teams, you know, they couldn't score in overtime and special teams let them down with a big punt return and Baltimore continued to win. Um, but they put up 31 points on a really good defense. I don't think there's any any worry about what the Rams offense can do. And the commander's offense doesn't scare me. The Rams defense isn't, enough, isn't anything to really write home about, but it's better than the commander's offense. Rams minus six and a half. Johnny, this feels like a steal for me. I think this is a great bet for the betters out there. Rams minus six and a half all day. Yeah, I am totally with you on that one. Um, obviously, I, I noticed this too. Uh, for as many games as weather is a factor, there are a ton of games that are going to be played in perfect conditions yeah. uh, indoors. And a uh, fun little stat here for you guys. 2,693 miles is the fastest driving route from FedEx Field all the way to um, to SoFi Stadium for this game. So these are teams that are on completely opposite sides of the country, traveling a very long way to play this game uh, are the Commanders. Rams are playing way better football than them right now. We talk every week about how bad the secondary is for the Commanders. Well, Cooper Cup had his best game of the season last week. Puka Nakua had an unbelievable catch, uh, thanks to the Blaine Wheeler finger tape, as opposed to the gloves that you wear in poor conditions. Puka Nakua had an awesome play there. Stafford is slinging that thing around. He's healthy late in the season, which is very uh, good for them, as healthy as he can be. He's on the field. Uh, he's a tough son of a bitch. So I, I, I love them in this spot, totally. Yeah, Rams are hot. Like, I, I don't know why this is six and a half. I really don't. I, it, it seems like a game where the Rams can run away with it. A playoff football team, like I, like I keep saying this late in the year, that means a lot. And they're going to win this football game. No analysis on my end. It's it's pretty clear. An NFC West battle with perfect conditions. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers are going to travel to Arizona. San Francisco minus 12 and a half point favorites on the road. That is insane this late in the year, but the Cardinals are that bad and the Niners are that good. Um, they, you know, the Niners looked really good last week against Seattle. That was a spot where we all talked about last week where they could, you know, Seattle could kind of keep it within the, the points and possibly even win the game. But then Drew Locke is the starter in that one. Um, so that really did change a lot of things. And and I thought he had some decent moments, but nothing nothing the Niners couldn't handle. Um, they're in another very awesome spot here. They're going to go to Arizona, and they could sleepwalk a little bit. It might be close early, but the Niners are going to blow the doors off the Cardinals quickly, Blaine. It's just something about this game that it started at 14 and a half. Now it's 12 and a half. There's some money going on the Cardinals. I'm not like, I'm not sitting here going to be like, yeah, Cardinals spread. I'm betting it. I'm not, but I'm, I'm, I'm more cautious is what I'm trying to say. I, I, I think the Niners with Drew against Drew Locke, I think they, that game was closer for a little bit, guys. And I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like the Cardinals could keep it within two scores and it could be like, a, yeah, San Francisco dominates, but 12 and a half is a lot of points. Can we see something out of Kyler? Um, I'm going to go San Francisco, but with caution. Oh, Kyler is oh, a bugger. Yeah, no, I don't like it, but yeah. Oh, I'm taking the Cardinals to cover in this spot. Nice. Absolutely to cover in this spot. I, I believe this is the second time these teams' division foes have faced each other. But listen to this stat. In the last 20 years, double-digit road favorites – 
are only covering 33% of the times nice. in December and January. That's Ooh, 19, even nice. 19, nice uh, and, 19 and 38. So, I mean, 20 years, uh, you know, that's nearly 60 games, I believe that is. Yeah, so that's, that's something I like there. Um, I think that the the Cardinals now they're they're three and whatever three and ten, but I do put some stock into how many big games the 49ers have been playing. Right, I believe I don't think they're going to lose, but there could be maybe a little bit of a lull enough for the Cardinals to cover uh, this this number, and the Cardinals coming off of a road win in Pittsburgh, then they were one of the two teams with the week 14 bye. Mm-hmm. So they are actually coming off of their bye late in the year, right, as we talked about. And so I, I think that this is a good spot for them at home, second time playing a division uh, rival to cover here. And so, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm I'm not going to change my pick, but Johnny did a great job of selling in there. Uh, those are really awesome stats too. Great stats. God, the show has good stats. I don't. I, if if you're not listening to the Figure It Out podcast, I really don't know what you're doing. Three twenty-five. Hell is coming to town. The Cowboys are going to go and play Buffalo. Buffalo coming off of a nice win in Kansas City last Sunday. At BRB. I'm going to go throw up real quick. Buffalo minus two and a half points favorite. Um, I know that they're at home, but the Cowboys are playing better than anybody right now in the NFL, and Dak is slinging it. Um, It's a tough spot for Dallas, though, coming off an emotional win against Philly last Sunday where they looked so well and played so well. This feels like a spot where Dallas could go up there and slip up, but, man, we need Dallas to win this game. I If we can't kill Buffalo, I want Dallas to kill Buffalo. And uh, Dallas plus two and a half. Isn't it hilarious that like Dak is in the MVP conversation, but man, I just still don't trust him. I don't trust him in this spot. I really don't. I really don't. I hate Buffalo so much. I'm definitely taking Dallas plus two and a half. I'm definitely going with my heart here. Um, over under 50 and a half is a ton of points. Um, that's interesting with two with a defense like Dallas with a guy like Micah Parsons. That's a high number. Um, and Buffalo defense, you know, they played, they played well last week. So we'll see there, but I'm taking Dallas plus two and a half on an awesome, awesome 325 game, guys. Awesome spot. Johnny, your take. Yeah, that number is pretty perplexing to me. That's actually, I can't believe I I didn't double take it that earlier when I was first looking over the slate. You know, obviously, I think Dallas is is a better team at home. Buffalo is so desperate; they need this game so badly. Um, the weather is going to be just fine. Uh, temperatures in the low forties, um, with rain not until super like would be like late fourth quarter here if there is any rain. So pretty good conditions. To me, to me, like. My brain is trying to tell me, like, well, if the number is like that, you should. If you think that Dallas should be the play, you should probably take Buffalo in this spot. I, I don't, I don't want to take Buffalo in this spot. I, I like Dallas getting points on the road here. If Dallas, there's a bunch of different scenarios, but for Dallas to clinch a playoff berth this week, but one of them is with a win or a tie. 
They know that, obviously. So Dallas has a playoff berth clinching uh, situation here. Um, I, I, I'm trying not to overthink this one and take Buffalo, uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with Dallas. I like, I like their defensive matchup here. You know, keep in mind Buffalo like made more plays than the Chiefs last week, but my God, they still only scored 20 points. And Dallas's defense is really good too, like Kansas City's. And so, curious to see what Blaine has to say about this one. But I think yep. Dallas is getting disrespected a little bit with this line. Yeah, but it's a line for a reason, guys. Buffalo's the hottest team in football. I mean, I'll take it. Yes, they did not beat Philadelphia. Chill the hell out. I hate it. Hottest team in football. I mean, I hate it, but Josh Allen is the truth. Josh Allen's playing out of his mind. Yeah. I mean, they played two of the toughest teams in the NFL and they played them neck to neck and beat one of them and should have beat Philadelphia. Like, I mean, he did not play out of his mind. He made more plays than anybody on the field. Okay, but not out of his mind. Oh, well, he made game winning plays against the best team in football. Like, what do you, like, what what else do you want more out of him? He's playing great football and somewhat out of it. He turned it over once. That wasn't a big turnover. And whenever he needed to make a play, he made a play. He did the same in Philadelphia. Like, I, I, Dak's got to regress sometime. It's Dak. It's 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 gonna happen. And is it here? Is it here? Buffalo plays really good at home, guys. They always do, especially in spots like this in a big moment, three o'clock game. Like, why is it two and a half Buffalo? That's why. Like, little know, uh, little tidbit, real quick. Battle of the Stephans. I believe two different spellings too. Stephon Gilmore and Stephon Diggs. Diggs, yeah. E-F-O-N, Gilmore, P-H-O-N, right? Interesting. <laughs> tidbit there, I'd say. I don't know if that swings you guys either one way or the other. But, Johnny, I was I was perplexed when you said you couldn't wait to hear what Blaine had to say because I knew that was going to be what was coming out of his mouth. That's why I let you two tiff there. It was nice to hear Pause, though. The Stephon Gilmore played really well and has played really well. Played really well last week. I think that their matchup on the edge is – I mean, we saw what what uh, LJ was able to do. I mean, he he locked down Diggs, and I think that the Cowboys can do that and pigeonhole a little bit. I don't think James Cook is as explosive as he has over the last two weeks. I think Dallas is a better football team. I think they cover here, um, but – I. I there's no, there's nothing about me that wants about this football game. That's what I'll say. This is a very scary spot for the Bills. They need this football game, and they could very easily win it. Stay away. Sunday night football, awesome, awesome matchup. The Baltimore Ravens are going to go to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars. Jaguars coming off a tough loss in Cleveland, a game where they fought back. Trevor Lawrence, bum ankle. Um, but they do lose that football game, and their path to – a potential one seed uh, is pretty much down the drain, and they are just fighting for an AFC South battle, or excuse me, an AFC South crown, which does appear that they are going to get that. But they have a tall task here. They need this game badly to get some momentum coming back and to really be um, a factor when it comes to can who have you beaten. And I remember a few episodes back when I was like, all their big games at home, they have lost. This is another spot um, against a really, really, really good opponent in the Baltimore Ravens um, coming off that overtime victory over the Rams with an awesome punt return to win the game. You know, um, I hate the Ravens, but I respect the hell out of them and especially respect Harbaugh because special teams wins football games. And that guy was a special teams coordinator to start his career. 
And and when you when you're in a game like that, a game that you have to have a win and you battle the overtime with a with a hot NFC team and you win it with special teams, that just feels good. Yeah. Baltimore's riding high, guys, and I think they're going to go to Jacksonville and unfortunately win. I would love for Jacksonville to to win this football game, I think, in the grand scheme of things. But it's not going to happen here for me. It just isn't. Um, Baltimore's going to win this game, and they're going to cover for sure. Blaine. Yeah, no, I think Jacksonville's going to cover. And I, you oh. know why? I, I, Baltimore is never the one seed like they just they just they 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 can't do it they can't do it and this is a game where jacksonville after after losing two straight to two good teams Bengals, browns they're tested um they see the ravens at home a get right spot hey guys we have a chance to fight to to get this thing at home ourselves ravens down the stretch guys their schedule is brutal like i i, I just th- i see this as a regression spot they go jacksonville then they go to san fran get Miami at home, and then Steelers at home. I mean, the one spot is open for the Chiefs, and this is how it happens, and this is why the AFC is so fun, because Jacksonville wins this football game year in, year out. Baltimore loses this game year in, year out, and that's what's going to happen. Lamar Jackson in a big spot away, 7 o'clock at night, prime time. Jacksonville. I I like Jacksonville here, guys. I don't hate it. I I hate that you disagree with me, but I don't hate it. Uh, no, I don't hate it. I definitely don't hate it. I, I'm, I'm curious to see if, uh, if Kyle Hamilton for Baltimore plays, he hurt his knee. I, I'm trying to find a, a designation for practice and I, I haven't seen that yet. Uh, maybe he's limited or something, but it'd be, it'd be huge to have him, right? I think if Christian Kirk was healthy, I would be more inclined to want Jacksonville in this spot, but with him being out, I I gotta go Baltimore here. Wait, weren't they the one seed in 2019 and they lost to the Titans? Blaine, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I don't but, know what. He, yeah, it's your. It's just Lamar can't win this game. It. Yeah, yeah. Here's where it gets iffy for more so for Lamar, in my opinion, is if they get in a situation where they have to throw. Uh, the the it's supposed to be dry. Uh, it's supposed to rain a bunch in, in the morning and early afternoon. Temperatures around 60 degrees uh, in, in Jacksonville all day long. But they're saying there's going to be like really high gusts throughout the day. And if Lamar throws into one of those gusts, you might be getting that ball picked right off by this Jacksonville defense. So something you got to be be aware of there. Chandler, can you say the line that you have again? I've got Baltimore minus three on the road. Yeah, that's that's this might be kind of how you said the last one, Blaine. This this feels more stay away ish for me. For the pod, I'll take Baltimore uh, here, but uh, definitely pulling pulling for Jacksonville. And I do think that not having Christian Kirk really is tough for them. I'll 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 be the mediator here, and if you guys want to prove me right, wrong, whatever, listeners, like I'm I'm Jackson. I really like this spot for Jacksonville. Evan Ingram has been phenomenal. Finally, yeah. has been scoring touchdowns recently. Um, just absolutely went berserk last week and that's huge for trevor uh, they got guys like they just haven't used them and i feel like baltimore's kind of played out of their system on their defensive end if kyle hamilton he's banged up with the knee good point out he's a limited participant so i think he's going to play um roquan on that too but I think, jacksonville i feel like they got more dudes i feel like they got more dudes at home this is a big game chiefs need them too i'm pulling yeah. for him 
Monday Night Football is a big game, too, in the NFC, a battle of the birds. Philadelphia Eagles are going to travel west to take on the Seattle Seahawks. Back-to-back big trips for Philadelphia. Dallas isn't a short trip for them geographically, and neither is Seattle. Monitor that. Eagles, minus four on the road, though. Um, I think that's telling. Seattle, decent fight last week against San Francisco, but of course we know what happened there. Um, I believe it's Drew again, guys. Can anybody confirm that really quick, or is Gino going to make his way back, or does, do we not know yet? We don't know yet. Okay. So, you know, either way, I still think Philadelphia is the best football team um, in this matchup, of course, but I also think that Philadelphia is very desperate um, coming off of a really bad performance against the Dallas Cowboys. You know, I don't think that they had to go to Dallas to win that football game. Um, of course, they wanted to win the football game and they needed to win the football game, but it didn't ruin their season. But you don't want, you know, losses to compound. And I think this is kind of a tricky spot here for Philadelphia. Seattle's best can beat you on a nightly basis. Um, and if Seattle can throw the ball around the yard on this Eagles secondary, it could be a long night. They still have their weapons out there. And I seriously think that either Geno or Drew Locke can get the ball to these receivers. It just depends on if they can do it consistently enough. I think this game is won with the Seattle Seahawks defense. What can they do against Phillies? Oh, can they make Jalen Hurts uncomfortable as we've seen? And Blaine's pointed out for us all season, when you pressure Jalen and you get in his face, he's not that good at throwing the football. And so <clears throat> I think the I think the plan is clear for Seattle. I'm going to take them plus four. I think Philly wins this football game, but I'm taking them plus four at home. Um, I think that they their offense is just too – like it can change on a dime for the Seattle offense. And so I'm, I'm taking that into, into consideration here. I'm going Seattle plus four, Johnny. Seattle all the way for me here. Weather looks to be pretty good around 40 ish degrees. Rain in the afternoon um, with a slight chance the rain comes back at night. Um, but the Eagles haven't beaten the Seahawks. In 15 years, they've lost seven straight um, versus the Seahawks. And so I, as I said earlier with Derrick Henry, want to dig into these trends. There is not a soul on the roster of the Eagles that can cover DK Metcalf. Doesn't matter if Drew Locke's the quarterback. Doesn't matter if it's Geno. There is not a soul that's going to be able to cover um, DK Metcalf here. And I think he continues to have uh, production. And I love Seattle plus four here. I think they're going to be able to run the football too. Uh, against Philly teams have been able to do that, um, especially as of late. So uh, it was good for them to get Kenneth Walker back, Mixon, Charbonnet. I think this is a good spot for a Seattle team that's reeling to get some home cooking in prime time here and be able to cover this, uh, this yeah. spread here. Yeah, I'm all over Seattle as well, which I'm surprised that you guys are are heavy enough on Seattle there. It, 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 it's great to hear because, I mean, I'm just going to stick with what I've said since the preseason. I think Seattle is a great football team, albeit seven, six and seven. They've went through some shit this year, and I think they can get together, and they have a potential to win a playoff game. Like, they're tough to beat. And Philadelphia, like you guys have said, I mean, that front is good, but everywhere else, very, very questionable. I don't, I don't, I don't have enough else to say. You guys said it very well. I'll go Seattle with you guys. Wouldn't it be really sick if we uh, drafted DK? Let's not. Let's not do that. I, I, let's, yeah, that hurts. It would have been sick. Uh, <laughs> I'll just say that as we transition into the most important game of the slate. We're going to go back to noon on Sunday afternoon. Technically, one Eastern. The Kansas City Chiefs, the 8-5 and five Kansas City Chiefs, 
are going to go to Foxborough to take on the New England Patriots, a place that it feels like we haven't been in quite some time. Um, so interesting to get back up there to the Northeast. Uh, Chiefs seven and a half point favorites, guys. I think this game is really simple to me. This game is a hundred percent on the Kansas City Chiefs. The opponent does not matter in this spot. the The situation does not uh, matter in this spot. This game is a the season starts now game. Improve, get your ducks in a row, and dominate this football game. Get out there. The whole world's been talking about you all week. A lot of negativity out there, regardless of what side you're on. Um, there's been some bickering. There's been some some press conferences stuff that people are getting pissed off about. Put it all to bed and go out and perform against a much, a very inferior opponent in the New England Patriots. Um, and I think it's a great spot for us to do so. With that being said, I think that this is a weird spot for the Kansas City Chiefs in terms of the team that they're playing. I think that this team that they're playing, the New England Patriots, went on the road last week and beat Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. I think that they're playing with some sort of weird confidence. And what I don't love is these reports of Bill Belichick and the Patriots potentially parting ways. And the Patriots are at that point in the season where they really don't want to win this game. But if those reports were true, don't you think that Bill Belichick would love to draw up the best game plan he could to try and get a win here and try to honestly hurt the Patriots draft position? Um, I think yes. It's a tough task. He's going to have something drawn up for Patrick in this offense, and an offense that has got to play well and has got to look like it's it's in one piece. Um, I love this spot for the Chiefs. It's a mastermind of the head coaches. It's a defensive head coach genius versus an offensive mind head coach genius, and it, it's, it's going to be a good game at noon, and I love that it's at noon. Originally flexed out of Monday yeah. Night Football is also an interesting tidbit to this game. Blaine? You start us here. Um, you know, what what how are you feeling? Yeah, you said it well. Like the whole Belichick thing, I just I hate that. I really do. All that came out this week, really over the last two days. Yeah, you know they're gonna be fired up. Like you know Belichick's gonna have a good game plan against his offense. Like if you're gonna go into a test where your wide receivers are not producing, your offense doesn't have confidence, the one guy you don't want to see is Bill Belichick. Simple as that. But the Chiefs have done somewhat well against Belichick. I, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I feel like heavy dose of Travis double teams, and they've been able to counteract that over the, the years. What are we going to do? Pacheco did not practice again, so we're not going to have – we're probably not going to have Pacheco. Can Clyde do what he did last week? I really am looking for a big game out of the running game, and can we get this offense rolling again? Like, there is no part about me. I don't care if it's Belichick. I don't care who it is. There's no part about me that does not believe this offense is going to take the lid off. Like, it's, it's here for the lining. Some of the stuff that's been said this week, it's going to happen. And this is where it happens. A noon game in Foxborough. Patrick Mahomes is pissed. Everybody is pissed against an inferior opponent, like you said, Chandler. This is where the Chiefs have to, have to show the league that they are here to dominate the New England Patriots and go into a playoff run. And it uh, it's going to happen. I, I really do. I don't second, – secondly on that is Ramondre, like, like, like we're saying, did not practice. Johnny sent that in the text line. I don't see how our defense has not damn near shut them out. I mean, Juju limited – uh, Kayshawn Booty limited, like they just don't have an offense at all. Zappy was banged up a little bit last week and he looked really good, but I, 
I, I, I don't know how New England moves the football, and I think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to dominate them, Johnny. Well, the Chiefs, they, the Chiefs really need like need to dominate them. The Chiefs need a convincing win um, yeah. to kickstart these last four games. Uh, the Chiefs obviously know that. Um, and what I what I want to believe more than this Belichick talk with you guys is like how Andy Reid and Mahomes are going to respond given all of the media coverage that they have had. Right. And let's not let's not overlook that this this is Bailey Zappi. Come on. This is this is the Patriots have three wins, I think. This is the worst team that they that, that they've played all season. Clearly the worst team the Chiefs have played all season. So they really need to take care of business here on the ro- on the road with this game being in the middle of December and the weather conditions being 50 degrees with no no wind and basically no chance for rain right. as as we as we sit here today. Every reason that the Chiefs' offense should pop off and the Chiefs' defense should pop off. And I, I a win is going to be great uh, in this spot, no matter how it comes. But my God, a 31-3 win would feel really good yeah. in this spot. That would feel re- – that would really make everybody be like, oh, damn. Like, these guys are they, – they took that messaging to heart. The whole media narrative would change the uh, – a win, of course, makes you nine and five um, with, I believe, two straight games at home. Mm-hmm. So th- this is this is a spot where the Chiefs need to go off like no. Th- th- the last the last three weeks, um, they've let teams get out to 14. I think it was I think it was 14 to yeah. three against the Packers. But last three weeks, the teams yeah. have really scored uh, on the Chiefs early. You know, don't do that here. Don't do that shit. And then don't don't get down to the Patriots and then force yourself into passing situations against Belichick. Just control the football game, play fundamentally yeah. sound, and you'll beat the doors off of this team. The thing is, they the Chiefs have shown they haven't been able to do that yet. And so, you know, it, it, this is the show me state. Show me. It is the show me state. And I like the point that Blaine made about the defense. Um, Drew Tranquil back, linebacker core fully healthy. I would imagine Nick Bolton is, is full go as of, of today. Um, Drew Tranquil back at practice. I don't see how the Patriots offense can really attack this defense. I think this defense makes life really miserable. And let's get a couple turnovers and get the ball into some really advantageous positions. Uh, maybe a nice Richie James punt return. Richie James returning the ball well. Um, for the Kansas City Chiefs over the last couple of games. Now, of course, we know the history there, and I can't get too far ahead of myself, but it would really help this offense. So, um, I mean, it's 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 a great spot, like you guys have both said. Blaine, you had your hand up? Yeah, no, I just think, like, Kadarius Tony prop yardage, take the over. It's probably going to be, like, 20-something yards passing, catching, receiving, excuse me, went through the whole ringer there. But, I mean, take it, take it, take it, take it. They're going to go to him often, and they're going to use him. After what happened last week, I think that's a money bet for this podcast. And I just – New England's defense has not been that great either, guys. Like, that's that's the point to where I think this offense could get going. And on the flip side, like you said, Chandler, that this Chiefs defense is going to suffocate Bailey Zappi. Suffocate I him. I wish there was an over-under prop on how many handoffs Kadarius gets because I can't wait till we watch him <laughs> next to Patrick and get a handoff. And the handoff was love- good last week. 
It was great. 14 yards, well, and then they of, threw a pick. One of 20. One of 20. <laughs> and Blaine said that uh, what, the first one you said was the, is 20 yards passing. I would take the under on that. If they are offering Kadarius Tony passing, I would take no. the under there. But, yeah. but I know you were just subbing up. But it, the, 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 that is a great point because that's what Andy Reid does. When Rasheed Rice fumbled, the first play of the next offensive yeah. drive, they threw it r- – no, they didn't even let Rasheed run a route and think about it. The ball mm-hmm. was snapped, and the ball was at his face mask. And so I could see them using Kadarius a ton here. The Chiefs have obviously done uh, some load management with Kadarius. They know what we talked about on the last pod. Um, we'll, we'll we'll get back in, you know, get back into this just for a quick moment here. All the people thinking that they should move on from Kadarius right now are stone brain brain dead idiotic human beings that don't know a damn thing about football. Um, They need to use Kadarius a good amount here, get the confidence back. If he has a drop, go to him again. If he has a second drop, send him to freaking Mars. But (laughs) but let's get Kadarius involved. Pacheco DNP, so trending towards Clyde again. Give give the ball to Clyde. He'll have a typical Clyde game. And let's score a good amount of points. I'm not going to predict – I'm done predicting the Chiefs to score 30 plus. Yep. Would just I would just love to see it. I would love a convincing, no doubt, similar to the Chicago Bears game win here, which I know is it's it's tough. I mean, it's at New England, so they gotta bring it. Yeah. But New England just guys, they, our secondary versus their passing attack. They're 25th in the league in passing yards. They can't do it. They can, they have not been able to move the ball offensively the entire year. Defense has shown up. They're going to show up here. I, I, under New England points, like if you can get it, I don't have it available as well, but that's something I love. Like I fully believe this. Like you guys said, it could be a 31-3 to Chiefs dominant victory. Like that's that's the lining on the wall, the writing on the wall. It's going to mm-hmm. happen. I fully believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, guys. It's a big spot. It's a great opportunity to get a win, get the season back on track. We always talk about teams that are in advantageous spots in the in their season. This is certainly one for the Chiefs and a team that really needs it in the Kansas City Chiefs in Foxborough on Sunday afternoon. Boys, NFL Week 15 in the books. Awesome show. Back Monday for the Chiefs recap pod. Um, Hopefully we get back to our victory pod Monday uh, ways because that's been a lot more fun than the last two we've had to do. Um, Johnny Bland, I appreciate your time as always. Look for our clips out on social media. Got to give a shout out to my guy Noah our director of creative media down here at SEMO um, uh, cut those up for us last week. I think he's going to do it again this week. So they were, uh, they were good for our listeners to see us um, in action. Boys, appreciate it as always. Talk soon. Go Go Chiefs. Chiefs. Go Chiefs.